You are listening to the Thriving Empire Podcast with Stephanie Holland, Episode 17. Welcome to the Thriving Empire Podcast, where it's all about stabilizing the roller coaster of starting up so that you can launch your ideas with more passion, purpose, and vision. I'm your host, strategist, traveler, and coconut macaroon addict, Stephanie Holland. So let's get started. Well, hello. How are you, beautiful human? I'm fantastic. I'm staring at my favorite view from my favorite cafe today while I'm back home in Mexico for a few weeks. Gosh darn it. I miss this place. Sorry, Guatemala. I love you too. But Mexico, honestly, the first time I arrived here, my heart just skipped a beat. It's like a soulmate, but a soul place. So what do you love about your favorite home? I think what I love most is my four and a half kilometer beach right on my doorstep. And it's also just my favorite arrival of all the places I've ever lived. I love arriving here and I love seeing the beach as we descend on the plane. It's like, woohoo, I'm home. Puerto Escondido. Oh my gosh, I love you. So listen, before we start today's show, I want to let you know that next week I'm opening up access to my signature program, Kickstart Your Mini Empire in 28 Days, and I'm opening it up for a limited time only. It's all about cultivating killer confidence, a flawless foundation, and a focused game plan for your ideas, whether you're yet to start or you've started and are going around in circles. Been there, done that. Stop doing that. (laughs) Just head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash kickstart for more info and to join the intro trust list. And I'll let you know as soon as it opens for registration next week, Tuesday, 26th of March. Now, if you're listening in the future, present of the future, head over to the same link to get uh, link rather to get info about the next registration period. Now, this week, we're continuing with the theme of cultivating a failure-proof mindset. It is so, so powerful to shift your ideas about what failure and success mean, both of them, failure and success, and really understand how failure can help you and how actually success can also actually sometimes hinder you. But I'm not going to beat down success right now. Obviously, it's what we're striving for. We're looking for various degrees of personal, professional, commercial success. It's just that success is loaded with the same potential for learning and becoming. And the process of becoming I talk about in terms of considering the person we become as a result of striving towards our goals. Um, And it's got the same potential for learning and becoming as failure, but success is is often overlooked in that sense because we're distracted by the positive results and the ego's desire to to really bathe in the glory of those results. But anyway, that's for another time. This section of the podcast is much more about shifting our perspective about failure per se. So launching your own ideas really forces you to confront your idea of failure head on because you fail really fast. And and in this sense, it really invites you to develop a whole new perspective about what failure really is. Now, you've already heard dozens of cliches like fail your way to success and fail fast and fail well. And that's part of it. But honestly, it's not even about failure itself, the actual concept of failure. I don't think you actually ever need to fail. It's really much more about changing your whole attitudes towards the results you generate and thinking of those results simply as 
feedback. Now, I've mentioned before the idea that business is just a series of hypotheses, experiments, and results on repeat. So if you don't get the results you want, you just continue tweaking your hypothesis and experiments until you do get the results you want. And even when you do get the results you want, you up-level your goals and you create new hypotheses and experiments until you hit those new goals too. And that process really never stops. That's actually just what business is. Now, I recently met a hostel owner in Guatemala who, together with his two business partners, has created the most incredible place and experience for travelers. They've literally turned a beach into, like a a desolate beach, into a destination that didn't even exist before because A, you couldn't get there, and B, even if you did, there was nowhere to stay and nothing to eat. You know, we're we're not that capable that we can just climb palm trees to get coconuts and fish. I mean, I don't know that many people could fish for dinner. Literally, there was nothing to eat until these people set up their hostel there. So you couldn't even enjoy being in paradise because paradise, as you know from watching Survivor all these years on TV, can turn into hell pretty fast. But this one guy, he's so full of ideas and so ready to get his teeth into another project. Now, this is his third formal business, I think. He's probably going to tell me that I'm wrong. But anyway, as far as I know, this is his third business. And he's going to use everything he's learned and everything he's become to breathe life into his fourth idea as well. So people like this with true entrepreneur spirit don't even realize how good they are at creating something from nothing, an entire profitable business on an empty plot of sand all from their imagination with only a credit card and no investment and nothing else. So inspiring. And he's going to do it again with this fourth idea, not because he knows exactly how, but because he'll create a hypothesis and experiment and analyze the result on repeat, poco a poco, as they say in Spanish, little by little. It is so cool. So before when I say that I don't think you ever need to fail, what I mean is that when you focus on results, the results you generate at each stage, at each juncture, juncture at each milestone, all you'll be doing, whether you've, you've created the results you want or not, is trying something new to get different results or better results every single time. So every time you send an email to get better click-through rates, every time you promote a Facebook live show, every time you host a webinar, every time you launch a new service, every time you open registration to your online training program, every time you start a new business. So a few moments ago when I said that launching your ideas invites you to develop a whole new perspective, perspective, that's a really gentle way of saying what I really mean, which is it forces you to embrace a complete paradigm shift. Because if you keep thinking in terms of fail and succeed, failure and success, your mental health can really spiral down the toilet very fast, the startup toilet very fast, um, because you will fail very quickly, very fast and frequently when you first start up. But when you start to embrace the idea that for every set of actions, you get a set of results or feedback. And when you analyze that feedback just to get new ideas for, or, or new actions or create new experiments for what to do next, then you've created an entrepreneurial mindset where failure is not even part of your vernacular. Because when you don't get the results you want, you just change your actions. You create a new hypothesis, generate a new set of experiments, and generate a new set of results. So even when you stop working on one business to start the next business, you take the whole sum of the results of your efforts, the entire body of learning and experience, and who you've become with you to the next idea or business. 
so incredible. So that idea or company that you consciously quit because you're excited about the next project has created a person who knows how to use results as feedback in order to progress onwards. Now, I really love this idea because it really liberates us from ever failing and being held back by the idea of defeat and that we haven't achieved what we set out to achieve. So let's talk about how to use your results as feedback in a really practical way. So take a recent project that you feel has failed, or even go back five or 10 years to a project or idea that failed, um, that stopped you from progressing on with entrepreneurship or business or anything that you really wanted to do, maybe from writing your second book or creating your second course. Take something in the last, like, three months or the last five to 10 years that stopped you from moving forward in that same trajectory. So let's, um, you know, and then what we're going to do is talk about how you can use those results even now, 10 years on. So now there is a worksheet in the podcast pack that you can download in the show notes. Just head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash 17 to grab your copy if you don't have one. But here are the seven questions that help you turn failure into feedback. One, what was your original vision, goal, or target. Be really articulate here. Two, what did you do to create it? So here you want to list the steps and or the overall output. Three, what exact results did you generate? So list both qualitative and quantitative results. So qualitative might be feedback or testimonials from your clients or from your audience or from your customers. Four, what worked? Five, what didn't work? Six, what does this tell you about your approach, your plan, or your strategy, or your audience, etc.? Seven, what can you do differently next time to create a more successful outcome or output or result? Now, using those questions, here's an example of how I used these exact questions to understand the feedback from my first book launch back in 2013. It was called Absolutely On Purpose, and it really kick-started my entire entrepreneurial journey. So one, what was my original vision goal or target? Well, it was quite big. It was to sell 100,000 copies of my first book. That's so funny. And to inspire an entire generation to live absolutely on purpose. Now, this is really funny and indicative of how, of how we all start out with a very grand and very unrealistic goal. But you've got to remember that impossible goals, as I now call them, pull us far further forward than mediocre, mediocre goals do. So don't stop dreaming big. It is so good to have these big impossible goals. So number two, what did I do to create it? Well, I self-published a three-part um, sort of theory slash workbook slash storybook with 49 contributors from, from the global yoga community. And I published that to paperback and to Kindle on Amazon. And it took 18 months to create. Number three, what results did I generate? Well, I was number one and number two in, the, in its respective Amazon categories in the first two weeks in the US and the UK, which was so cool. Thereafter, sales were very, very minimal. I've been getting a couple of weeks since then. And also, I received some incredible transformation stories from readers who did the work in the workbook of the uh, section of the book, which was really cool. 
tell you more about that in a minute. Number four, what did work? Okay, so the transformational aspect of the book and the workbook I know worked because I received emails from readers telling me their stories of transformation. It was so cool. One guy quit his job to start his own cold press juice company. That was Sam DeBrun. You may recognize him. Um, He's been on various shows of mine um, on Facebook Live, and I've interviewed him several times for behind the scenes of my courses as well. He's the creator of Comic Cold Press Juice Company in Melbourne, Australia. And um, he's just had amazing success. And I know that reading the book was was part of the reason why he quit management consulting and bit the bullet and started his own company, which is super cool. Another reader designed an entire yoga teacher training series around the workbook, which is really cool. And another reader just simply began writing haikus again as a way to recharge his creative energy. So I got some really powerful transformation stories. And I also got some excellent reviews from people I really admire and aspire to. Like um, my favorite motivational strategist, Dr. John F. Martini. Uh, who really, through his uh, series, The Seven Secret Treasures, is the first person who ever asked me, what do you really want? And set my life on a whole different trajectory. And also peers like Dominic from Escape the Cities. That was really cool. I got some very, very cool reviews and testimonials from people that I respect a lot. Question number five, what didn't work? Okay, well, here's what really, really didn't work. I really relied on the contributors, the 49 contributors, to help me promote the book within their own communities as the core of my promotional and marketing strategy, which didn't work because this project wasn't as important to them as it was to me. To me, it was my everything. It was my whole raison d'etre at the time. It was my reason for being, for living, for breathing. And for them, it was just another project because they had their own things that they were working on. So they didn't really help me promote it as I expected them to. And I was really disappointed by that. And also just simply project managing contributions from 49 people was exhausting. And it took over a year to do that. So at the end of the project, I was really burnt out. I had no energy or desire left for marketing after I launched it. I was simply done with the project and then ready for the next new project. Number six. What did this tell me about my approach, my strategy, my plan, my model, my audience, etc.? Now, what this really told me was that I don't need contributors to create content or promote it. I can create the content myself. I can promote it myself. And actually, I should, and in a very strategic and structured way. So from now on, I will not invite other people to help me create or co-create the content. Also, the contributor community was the wrong audience for promotion and a really lame and lazy marketing strategy on my behalf. Young entrepreneurs and people who wanted to take action around their ideas were a much better audience um, to rally around my idea and through their support and um, their own transformation stories, that would have been a better marketing strategy. And also, for every next project I started after that, I realized that I have to build in a time buffer between my creation between the launch and then between the solid uh, sustainable sales and marketing strategy so that I can regenerate my own energy and enthusiasm for the project. I was really, really exhausted and burnt out after that project and I was just ready to move on. So I really didn't give that project the due diligence it deserved in terms of sales and marketing. So number seven, this is the last question. And you can see how snappy uh, you can answer these questions. You just can go boom, boom, boom. This can be a 15-minute process, but it's so valuable. So question number seven, what could I do differently? 
Here's what I decided I could do differently. I could write the second edition aligned much more closely to my original vision of the book, which was simply a transformational workbook. Now, I still haven't written that second edition. I ended up writing my second book. As I told you, I was done with a project and really just wanted to get into my next project, which actually ended up being coaching one-on-one with um, brand new entrepreneurs who have no idea about business. So I haven't actually done that yet, but it really has been on the back burner and on my larger big picture to-do list for a while. And I do want to do that eventually. Also, I realize that, as I said already, I will never ask contributors to contribute ever again. I think that it's much more powerful to generate content through interviews, for example, through podcast interviews, through live streaming interviews. But when it comes to getting people to actually write things down for a book type format, uh, 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 never again. It was so labor intensive and very stressful. I was chasing people for months on end and that gave me zero control over my own timeline, which drove me bonkers. I learned that I need control over my own timeline. I also learned that most people never do what they say they'll do within the time frame they promise. So I want to make sure that I'm as self-sufficient as possible, especially when it comes to creating content and that I use paid professionals where possible because they do what they say they're going to do on time because they get paid. Also, when I relaunch, Uh, If I do a second edition, I'll do it with a much more organic grassroots marketing strategy and not rely. Also, I lied relied a lot on friends and family to help me promote it. So I will never do that again because friends and family are very rarely your target audience. I think it would be also nice to engage a launch strategist at some point in the future so I can focus on the creative side of my projects. And then also I decided I would use multimedia to make the content a lot more actionable so that the action takers can get results faster and also use content as a content marketing strategy to help my audience get results ahead of time. So five years later, five years after I documented all those learnings, it actually was really cool for me to read through that because I've actually put this um, in some in some content that I created about my book a little bit later. And in fact, this is the example that I use in the podcast study pack as well. But five years later, as a result of that exact exercise, I really feel like that book project was a huge success. Now, I didn't sell many copies and I still haven't, and it hasn't generated income for me per se, but the person I became as a result of that project is the person who kept going on with her ideas and was very excited about launching launching her ideas into the world. And, and really that project is responsible for who I am now five years later. That project, I mean, during that project, I met massive rejection for the first time in my life from asking people to review it, from asking friends and family to buy copies, from asking people to contribute. There were so many people who said no. I think I got 15% um, yes rate. And that massive rejection was really, really good for me because I had to over overcome that in order to keep going with my project. I also had to develop a lot of patience and compassion with people, with the contributors, because yeah, a lot of them didn't do what they said they were going to do. And I am not a patient person or nor was I a very compassionate person. And this was really tested. I really had to cultivate those two qualities. So I'm so grateful for this project for helping me do that. 
And it also meant that my next book project, The Freedom Philosophy, was faster to create, easier to publish it, and now I'm using the content that, that I created for it in a completely different way. And I wouldn't have been able to do that without the learnings from the first book project. So the second book project, The Freedom Philosophy, is the foundation for my first course, and it's the foundation for this entire podcast. And the foundational ideas within it are evolving as I live them, and how I teach them is evolving too. I would never have imagined that, I'd been te- that I would be teaching the ideas of my second book through a podcast or that the podcast study pack, which is the workbook, would be a way to help my audience dive deep and integrate the concepts of the book more easily and quickly. So listen, you and your ideas are constantly in a process of becoming. And every single idea, whether you perceive it as a success or a failure, is a complete success as part of the process of that, right? As part of the process of who you are becoming. Now, the results you get at each stage is just feedback. I cannot emphasize that strongly enough. The results you get at each stage is just feedback. And that feedback is like rocket fuel for either the next iteration of your idea or project or the next idea or project or the next project itself or your next business and company. Failure is just feedback. It's such a beautiful thing. So remove failure from your vernacular and start talking about and using feedback instead. And notice that when you do this, notice how this changes the way you show up for all of it. Now, if you have the podcast study pack, you can dive right into worksheet 3.4 to turn the results of your latest project or a previous one from five or 10 years ago that stopped you from becoming who you're becoming into feedback for the next idea, project, or company that you start. Now, if you don't have the podcast study pack, I know you're panicking right now. Don't panic. You can grab the podcast pack by, sorry, the I'm too excited to talk today. You can grab the podcast pack by heading over to the show notes at stephanieholland.co forward slash 17 and using the code podcast at checkout for 50% off. You're going to get the digital copy of the book, The Freedom Philosophy, the workbook with a worksheet for each podcast episode, the audiobook so you can listen on the go, and a ton of other resources, templates, and video lessons that I don't sell anywhere else. And don't forget to head over to stephanieholland.co forward slash kickstart to sign up to hear more about kickstart your mini empire in 28 days registration opens next week have an amazing week my beautiful human bye